Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. And this week we can celebrate that football is coming home. Because next week, on Tuesday, Heart of Midlothian will welcome back fans. The Hearts fans are coming home to Tynecastle Park. 2,000 of them will be entering the famous old ground. And Mark Donaldson joining myself, Laurie Dunsire. That will be a fantastic sight and a fantastic experience for those who've been away for about 16 months now. Long time, long time. Uh, good open, good intro. That was scripted because that clearly wasn't off the top of your head because that was actually quite good. <laughs> well, the, the the football coming home bit, I kind of thought. Of. Yes. That's about yes. it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of... Has it crept up on us? It's kind of crept up on, on, on me. It's like, oh, the season starts this weekend. I actually like the group stage of the of the League Cup. Mm-hmm. Don't you? I do. I do. I, I, I think it's... It, I'm going to say it's a useful exercise, but that's famous last words, and we've obviously had some bad experiences in this group already, but I, I think it works quite well if, if you... <laughs> If you do plan things and things then go to that plan correctly, that you can use it as part of your progression, your um, preparation for the league season. Yeah. Rather than play, you know, nine or ten friendlies, if you include the kind of games where you're playing a mix of senior and second string players, you know, play a smaller amount of first team friendlies and and then gradually get yourselves up to speed with these games as well where it, it is competitive and I guess the <laughs> the problem with that is we've we've proven a, we've proven that some seasons we haven't been prepared for these games and we've um, come a cropper yeah it's um it's it's something that I'm looking forward to I'd prefer if we weren't in the group stage of the league cup and yes. we were in Europe instead Hope, hopefully that's that's the same but but for now um, yeah, we don't have to wait that long. And I was just thinking, we were early ending our season because it was in the Championship, didn't play as many games as, as those in the in the Premier League. So it's just it's come about pretty quickly. Now I've got my own things that I'm doing um, right now. With obviously I've had the commentary for the Euros and the the whole writing of Paul Mariner's books taking up most of my time. And, and it's kind of blinking, you'll miss it. And Hearts are back playing again. And yeah, I'm, I just hope we hit the ground running. Because weird results can happen in the league. I, I, I like the setup personally. It kind of harks back to to the way it used to be. Um, and and we have a final, don't we, before Christmas now, which uh, is it's still the same, isn't it? Excuse me for for yes. not hundred percent. Yeah. And this and, and this time it's not the Scottish Cup final. <laughs> no, exactly. Remember the Skull Cup? I mean, there was a couple of famous finals: Rangers and Aberdeen, the Davy Cooper free kick, and a a three all game and. It was kind of done and dusted in November, and I, I like that. Um, it's it's gone back to to having an early final, and and once again, it's a competition that that Hearts have just been poor in, and haven't won it since 1962. So, yeah, there's a lot of, of kind of we're not really sure what we're going to get from Hearts this season. I think a few fans, probably a lot of fans, might have thought, well, not really signed many players so far, but there's reasons behind that. Um, I'm always the type of 
person that kind of wants, if you're going to sign someone and you can, get them in early and get them acclimatized and get them ready and get them playing and get them knowing their teammates. But uh, that's not going to be, in the markets that we're supposedly looking at, it seems that that's not going to be the case for that. I think it was good that the players got away to Largs for a week, um, given everything that happened last year when, when Robbie was on and he was talking about how difficult it was for, for a lot of the players, just joining a new club, not able to go out and, and mingle with players. That would have been a good week um, down in Largs for for the players just to, to, to bond. And the, the bottom line is no one knows. The proof of the pudding in this one is, is going to be from Peterhead onwards and, and how how we are. But I think there's a continuation from last season in the eyes of a lot of fans in that we have to get off to a quick start. And I think patience among a number of supporters uh, will be thinner than it would normally be, given that a lot of them weren't happy at what they were seeing last season, despite the fact that we, we won the league. So there's that on one on one side. And on the other side, there's the joy of, of being able to be back at Tyne Castle. And hopefully it's not going to be long before... Everybody who wants to go can get back there as well. So there's a lot of questions. I'm just waiting on finding some answers. Yes, we will speak about Peterhead, a bit about the Cove Rangers game coming up as well, what we're expecting from these matches in terms of the Hearts team. Uh, A couple of bits of news that have come out of Tynecastle and maybe even talk about that new home kit that Hearts have released. Okay, first up, let's... We'll go with some news that was just announced today on the day of recording, that is, which is Thursday the 8th of July. Uh, Hearts have now made an announcement on the next club captain and probably no surprise that it's the man who wore the armband for quite a few games towards the end of last season and that is Mr Craig Gordon who was originally made Hearts club captain in December 2006. It was shortly after the departure of Stephen Presley. And now in July 2021, he's reappointed to that role after the retirement of Stephen Naismith. And it, it made sense. I mean, Robbie Nielsen's come out and talked about his leadership skills, his, his experience at a very high level. Obviously, his time in the game, you know, he's 38 years of age now, and the fact he has a background at... Hearts and someone with over two two hundred appearances f- for the club, two decades as a senior player. I, I, I don't think there was many people who'd be surprised by by that choice. No, it was the obvious one, but obvious ones don't always um, happen. It just makes sense. I know we've spoken a lot. Craig's spoken most importantly on this podcast and and to the media about what Hearts means to him and. I think there, there were one or two other options. I think we've got a few leaders in the team, and I, I think it's I think it's the correct decision. And I know how proud he is. He's messaging him earlier today, going back and forward with a couple of things, and uh, he's one very proud individual to be named uh, the, the club captain, as he uh, as he stated on his Instagram post earlier today. Oh, he needs to get on Twitter. I don't use Instagram. Oh, he's on Twitter, by the way. He's on Twitter. he's on Twitter, but he's he's not on Twitter. He's one of those. Oh, he's and the reason I know that Greg Corden. Kind of, I pulled out on something. Hey, hey, wait, wait a minute, hold on. How do you know about that? I saw it, didn't I? I was like, oh, right. You saw it? Uh huh. I said, are you on Twitter? No. Uh huh. 
But you saw it on Twitter. Ah, I'm just browsing. Huh? <laughs> okay. So, I don't know if he's one of these eggs with lots of numbers. <laughs> Faceless keyboard warriors. You could have a bit of fun, couldn't you? <laughs> Greg <laughs> Corden, as you say. <laughs> James Corden's um, little-known... Um, <laughs> Younger brother, Greg Corden. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be great if um some of the maybe like well known in like Scottish football or heart circles on Twitter was like a player or something, you know, just on the wind up. Yeah, there's a lot of stories about not specifically hearts, but um I mean over here during the election certain accounts that uh only liked certain things or followers uh yeah there's for transparency reasons, a lot of people have, have kind of said, well, to have an account on whether it's Twitter or social media, you need some sort of idea or whatever to stop all this nonsense. I think a lot of the the ones who aren't are in some guys just keeping tabs. Um, would I be surprised if Ann Budge was on there? No. Would I be surprised if Robbie Nielsen was on there? No. And I don't know if Robbie is or, or isn't. Um, but it's, You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful on Twitter because you and I have had the conversation before about those individuals that, and I know, I know a couple of them over here certainly do because there's only certain ways that you would find out about a certain tweet. It's like you reply to a tweet that you're not added in. So you've clearly either been told about it, or more importantly, uh, or more likely even, you've, you've been um, you've been searching for your own name. But you can That's- you can go on Twitter without an account. Oh no. I know that now because you told me that. It was I did um, though. You did, you did. I just, I think you just. Got, I mean, why do people want to search for their own name? What, what's the best that can come from that scenario, and what's the worst that can come? I'm not sure there is a best case scenario, but there's certainly a worst case scenario. Well, I I recently found out. So, what I often, I don't search for my name, but what I'd often do is search for. I'm going like, to search for your name right now. I'll search for like Hearts TV just to see if people are. That's fair. Mentioning things and asking things. So um, I did that recently just to see if people were asking about coverage coming up. Because sometimes it's use- useful to be able to to um, to reply. But I noticed there's a Hearts TV now um, for Hearts of Oak. Ah, in it Africa. Must, it must be. It's like they, they, all these... They G- can, aren't they? Uh, yeah, all these GTV Sports, which is a Ghanaian sports channel, um, apparently come up, and there's loads of Hearts TV. If you search Hearts TV, you'll actually get clips and things with Hearts TV in the top. Um, but that must be quite new because I've never seen it come up before. But there's loads of stuff. So there you go, Hearts of Oak. I'm I'm looking through. See, most of the, in fact, everything so far that I've seen about Laurie Dunsire is either your tweets or people replying to you. Um. Yeah, that was a waste of two minutes. That's definitely. Anyway, anyway, Craig Gordon, um, a good choice as Hearts captain. Yes. I was messaging, well, you were obviously involved in it, I was messaging Davy Allen of the Hearts Museum earlier to ask about players who have been club captain twice, you know, two separate times, and he did actually give me a few. I mean, Christoph Berra was the obvious one that hadn't even popped in my head because, of course, he was club captain first spell and then second spell when he came back. But he also mentioned Alan Anderson was mm. definitely club captain in the 60s and then the 70s as well. Um, he th- he thinks maybe Dave McPherson 
um, okay. who was captain in 88 to 92 and then he thinks was a short spell but he wasn't quite sure um, he said Craig Levine might have been captain and then there was another one he mentioned uh, no that was the, the kind of three so it hasn't happened very often that someone mm. is captain in two separate spells it'd be kind of boring trivia but uh, I guess it's it's not likely to happen at clubs very often that a player has two different times. It, I guess maybe in one spell, but two separate spells at a club and two separate spells as club captain must be quite rare. I remember, I'm going to search right here, a Hearts Hall of Fame dinner at Preston Field. Um, I'm chatting away with Alan Anderson. What a lovely gentleman he is. I've, I've, I've never met him, but obviously I know the name. I know him as a yeah, just, just really of nice. I just think with with a lot of the the ex players, we're not bad as a football club at keeping. Now we aren't, but we used to be pretty poor. I mean, Jim Jim Crookshank had that kind of ongoing. I'm not going back for for certain reasons, and sadly he died before we we had the chance to 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 get him back. Um, but on the whole, we're pretty good. We usually have a an ex-Hearts player at most games. Um, but just going back a little bit older than that, just if if they still have, and I'm sure there's enough people at the club now with, with kind of historical um, connections who would have numbers or, or, or whatever for former players. But Alan Anderson loved it. They, a lot of these older gentlemen maybe don't get out much now. And it's it's been hard for the last 18 months. I mean, obviously no one's been able to, to go. I just want to, Speaking from kind of a little bit of experience, I took my uncle Ali, who played for Dundee for many, many years in the 60s and 70s. I took him back to Dens Park, and I think it was 2003, for a European tie against KS Vlajnia. It was the first time Ali had been back since his testimonial in, in 1980, and Dundee were horrible at keeping up with former players and inviting them to games and just making them feel part of the football club. So... Some clubs are better at it than others. Uh, I think Hearts are pretty good at it, or certainly were before the, the pandemic. So just people like Alan Anderson, and he's a club captain of the football club. Over here, they have this huge kind of alumnus, and and if you were a former player or, or whatever, you're, you're kind of held in such high regard, and you get to go back to games, you've got a free ticket for life. I think Hearts did that, maybe they still do, for former chairman or or owners i think because i remember robinson got to go back and probably still does i just think it's a nice nod regardless of whether they were liked or weren't liked it's just and i think we're pretty good at that but i think there are others other you, you just you just to make sure they keep former commentators in the on that list as well <laughs> yeah i mean how many former commentators of Hearts are, are there? Laurie, uh, you're Laurie. Uh, Brody, Lawrence Brody did did some um, for a while. Um, Chalky White, we can't ban Chalky. I mean, Chalky's an institution on a match day, so yeah, yes, he'll always just, be around doing something. Everybody that's part of the football, it's just a big family, and I like how Hearts are are excellent in the community. I love Big Hearts and the charity. I think we're doing well right now. I think we have an identity and I think we can, we might not like the decisions that are made sometimes. We might not like um, 
the results or sometimes we might not like the manager or, or whatever reason. But I can remember times where Hearts fans didn't feel as much a part of the football club as they kind of do now. you got to remember, there were midweek games. We've seen it before, like five, 6,000 in attendance. There were average attendances that were lucky if we got five figures. Prior to the pandemic, we were we were good. I mean, ever since, I think it's probably 2005, 2006, the first Burley season, that was when things really picked up. And I don't, I don't think since then we've had an average crowd. I mean, the guys at Hearts Heritage and Davey and the rest can, can tell us. But I think we've regularly, and I always kind of wanted just to be, have a higher attendance than Hibs and just petty, but still, I think we've done that most seasons since then. And, and we've been regularly above, I think, an average crowd of 13,000, 14,000. So we want to keep that. And I'm intrigued, Laurie, to, to see, once everyone's allowed back in the stadium, will it be a case of, well, it'll soon wear off? And Because at first, everyone will be desperate to get back, right? Because they've not been for so long. Do you think that football clubs will go through a spell whereby attendances will be boosted because people haven't been there for a while? But then they'll, how difficult will it be to keep that average attendance at that level and not ensure a, uh, ensure a drop-off? I guess it'll come down to the usual things, how, <laughs> how much people are enthused by what they see on the park. I, I mean, I think you're right. There'll definitely be... I mean, obviously, it's it's hard to gauge initially because you'll be talking at reduced reduced attendances anyway, so you maybe won't... No, I'm talking about when everyone's available. When, when it's yeah, there's for all definitely going to be a no boost. Definitely gonna there has be to a, be. Definitely going to be a boost, and I'd imagine I wouldn't be surprised if it held out for a lot of clubs for at least this entire season. I hope so. Um, I hope so. Just because of the what's the alternative? We've seen the alternative in the last eighteen months. It's not fun having to put or listen to you on a match day was a great service, and that, that's you'll, you'll still have to do of, that. <laughs> I've got no. I love doing it. Um, it came across as, as as very deserving, but that is a service that was vital. Um, for, for heart supporters, but it's a service we don't really want if we have the choice yeah. to go to games. So the, the, the alternative, I mean, we're not going to win the league. We want a good season. Ideally, we want third, fourth to get into Europe, we'd take. Um, but we, we just want to be there to moan. We don't want to moan to social media or, or whatever. Well, we can do that anyway, but we want to have actually been to the game. I just really hope that you're right. That this season is a once every every kind of restriction is is lifted. I hope this is the season where we get full houses or close to more often than not, regardless of of what's going on. Okay, a couple of uh, little bits of news before we get to the upcoming matches. Um, maybe not news as such this one, but and there was some coverage in the press of the fact that Jordan Roberts is going to potentially be given uh, a second chance at Hearts in the upcoming season. Um, Robbie Nielsen's quotes in the press uh, read as, uh, I think the time at Motherwell benefited Jordan, just giving him game time. I said previously that he found it quite difficult when he came up to Scotland. He was on his own during lockdown and that made it difficult. He's come back and things have opened up a bit, so he seems in a good place. I think every season is a fresh start for every player. 
proving themselves again, getting fit and getting into the team. Uh, Jordan is like every other player who comes back in pre-season. If they do well, they will be involved. Now, this is Jordan Roberts, who only played 11 games for Hearts last season, got one goal, didn't get any assists, and on the whole was uh, rather underwhelming, to say the least, but was then loaned up a division to Motherwell and was involved in three goals and got three goals and scored and got two assists in his eight games, albeit two of the three goals were against For Martin in the Scottish Cup, but still involved in more goals in the Premiership than he was in the Championship. So um, is this one that makes sense, Mark? He's contracted until the end of the season. Again, if there isn't anyone willing to to take him off our hands and we'd have to pay out his contract. Is it a case that, well, like Demur, we'll give him an opportunity? Do you think Robbie's been instructed that if these players are on the wage bill, make do with it, make something of them if, if no one's in for them yet? Yeah, that makes sense. And it's the key. If you, you might want to get rid of them, but you're the one that have given X the contract, whether it's Demur, four years, or whether it's Jordan Roberts with another year still to go. I, I like the fact it's a clean slate. And it's, uh, look, we're in a, a new league. Let's start again from scratch. Lloyd Demur, you'll give you a chance. Jordan Roberts, okay, didn't kind of work out first time around. Uh, you went to Motherwell and did okay. We'll give you another chance. From what Lee McCulloch and Craig Gordon and Robbie Nielsen were saying on this podcast about players moving to a new club in the middle of a pandemic, that can be used. I would say that's a fair enough excuse as to why things weren't weren't going right. There's a lot of things that happened to us all um, during the pandemic, and it, it became very difficult to just enjoy life. So I'm all for giving someone a whether it's a second chance or I think third, fourth, and fifth chances. It's like you make a mistake. I think most mistakes are forgivable, but you keep making that same mistake. There's an issue somewhere. Jordan Roberts, he's not going to be a first choice. Off the bench, bit of pace, needing a goal, needing a bit of width, put a ball in, Nondwee, Boyce or whatever scores. That works. Um, and it's up to him to make an impact off the bench, then get a starting spot. But when everyone's fit, he's a squad player, nothing more. Yeah, and I mean, 11 games in total isn't an awful lot. You know, it's not someone we're talking about who's played maybe a, an entire season's worth of matches and at no point, you know, impressed. I mean, that's probably still some room for for maybe another opportunity there. Um, can't say, you know, I'm, I'm saying this, I can't say I've seen an awful lot that would persuade no. me that there's going to be something there, but we're talking, I think the stats I saw, he played less than 300 minutes in the league um, and then maybe less than 200 in the League Cup games, he obviously played in a few more of those so still not an awful lot of, of game time Just a nomadic existence in his career, where he's been he's had three seasons where he's played 30 or more games and that was 13-14 with Aldershot following season with Aldershot, and that was non-league and then Crawley 17-18 the rest of the time he had one season with 23 games, the rest I mean have just been dribs and drabs um, two clubs last season, Hearts and Motherwell, two clubs in 18-19, Lincoln and, and Ipswich. So there's not much to go on. It's not an inspiring kind of, oh, yeah, Jordan Roberts is back. It's a case of, look, we brought you here for a reason, for whatever that reason was. Now, go and prove to us that you deserve 
you, you believe you belong here for the start. You deserve to be here. Show us something. You've got a year left. What do you want? You have a really good season. We benefit from that. And you then have the choice of potentially two or three different clubs coming in for you if you've had a really good season in the Scottish top flight. Games are live on Sky. Games are live um, across the world, live over here and live in the United Kingdom. Who knows who's who's going to watch? So there's plenty of incentive to do well, but it's up to the player. A, to do it when he gets the chance and and B, to get the opportunity in the first place. He's going to get the opportunity, so it's over to him. The other bit of news I wanted to touch upon uh, is the new home kit, because this has uh, been released since we were last on the show. And it's been getting some mixed feedback, should we say. I mean, we'll start off and say it is fantastic to see the MND Scotland uh, logo taking pride of place on the front of the jersey. That was announced recently by the club that there's a two-year sponsorship deal with Dell Technologies. We'll see them pay for MND Scotland to be on the front of the shirt and Hearts in turn make a contribution to MND Scotland and the MND Association for every home shirt sold this season and of course there's a big part of that due to the sad death of Marius Salyukas last year so certainly that is fantastic to see the MND emblem on the front of the shirt and the fantastic contribution by both Dell and the club uh, in relation to that I would say as well it's a, a wonderful shade of maroon I think on this new home shirt and it does have a traditional collar which I think usually goes well with down well with a lot of people, especially the maybe the older fans. Um, I, I can see why there's mixed reactions, though, for me in terms of the design. Um, I, I don't want to get too bogged down in shirts. Again, I think I've said in previous episodes, um, I'm probably not the target market. I don't go out and buy a home shirt every season. But um, what, what did you think of it, Mark? It's fine. It's fine. Find, finds that word, which in a conversation like this, means what it says in a marriage okay in a marriage the word fine is different how you doing fine oh shit also in aberdeen really yes fine way. is fine is like really good like fine well, <laughs> and i couldn't yeah like yeah you could say it about like some food or or maybe a, a yeah. person he, yeah, he, oh, she fine. is fine it's fine Food fine, yeah, I, I get that. But not, but it, I, I actually can get my head around it at first because although I'm from the northeast, I'm not from as far north as that. When I first went back up, then I actually genu- genuinely was like, "It's a lot of just what fine, okay," and it's like, no, but they mean like <laughs> fine. And sometimes okay. it's not it's not emphasised enough to get it. And um, my other half, who's from that neck of the woods, she gets that sometimes from people now that we're in. East Lothian and, and Edinburgh, like when she says "fine" about things, it's like, what? Just okay. That's it. <laughs> so, 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 basically, my answer: What, what do you think of your heart? Like, fine. Could, it doesn't really narrow things down then, depending on on where I am. Um, it's, it's 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 fine. I mean, it takes me <laughs> back to the David Obua jersey, um, kind of late was it 08, 09, 2010 ish. Um, I need to kind of see it. I don't know if... It might be one that looks good as a... Some, you know, sometimes things look really good as a strip, but you wouldn't necessarily buy the shirt. Yeah, I don't I don't like the white 
um, cuffs on the arms. I don't, I don't. I mean, long sleeved. I think it's all right. It looks all. Right. It looks better long sleeve because you've got the cuffs as the actual cuffs. But um, again, until I've seen it. Did you see someone on Twitter? Sorry, to cut you off. Um, I don't actually have it to hand, and I apologise to whoever done it because I've not got it now. But someone swapped the lines, so took the lines out, the lines that go from the collar to the mm-hmm. yep. to the arm, and made the actual collar white. So they made the the collar itself yeah. white, and it looked really good. Um, and I, I wish I. I wish I had it to hand. I won't try and find it because it's not one of these things that's going to be easy to find with a Twitter search. But I quite like that. But then again, and I said this on previous shows as well, I quite like simple home and away kits. But you can't keep doing that because people, for the people that want to buy them every season, if they all look the same, then it's like, well, I'm not going to buy another shirt next season when you've when it's basically no. the same as the previous one. So I get they have to put something else out there. I just thought I would I'd bring it up. It's... Um, yeah, you look, you can satisfy some of the people some of the time, but with something like this, you're never going to satisfy everybody. And I'll buy it. I'll buy it every year. I'll buy the third kit. Um, I'm, t- I'm too big to... We don't know what the away kit's going to be like. I'm, I'm assuming the away kit's going to be white, but we've got no idea. I don't buy anything with light colours, because, it, I mean, if, if Jimmy had five bellies, I don't know how many I've got, but I ain't wearing light colours. <laughs> um, and I'll... I'll I'll, I'll wear the. I'll, no, I'll wear that in the house. I don't go out in it. I mean, I'm not a full kit wanker or anything like that. Um, I just, I don't. Personally, I'd like to see more of a kind of retro feel to it. I loved the. Remember, they did the Umbro did the special kit, looking back to the kind of 70s. It was a limited kind of run, but it had mm-hmm. the Umbro yeah. badge on the on the sleeve. Um, that was nice. It wasn't this maroon color that they've got. It's, it's perfect. This is this is what we've been after, and yeah. we've got. Question for you: What color is the maroon on the badge? If the maroon on the jersey is maroon, a lighter maroon. <laughs> I don't know. It's a different, yeah. a, a very different shade when you see it on the kit. Totally, though. totally, and it it, it kind of goes back when we were Tynecastle Stadium. And all that bollocks under you know who. Um, I just it, it pops. It 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 works bizarrely. It works. Because of the contrast, it yeah, kind of stands out more. But if if the hearts, there's a question for you. If the hearts kit is maroon, what is the similar color in the badge? Because it is not maroon. But what is it? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk <laughs> Twitter at Around the Funnel. We'll maybe find out next time. Right, let's talk football matches because finally, it seems like eight, it does, I mean I know you say it's come about quickly but it does seem like a while um, since we've we've had actual competitive games to, to preview and Hearts will return to competitive action on Saturday when they travel to Balmour for just the second time in a competitive match. So I'll be going east, Mark. The most the most east you can go in Scotland, don't you know? To Peterhead. Is it the, is it the the most easterly stadium in Britain or is East Anglia further east than Peterhead? 
Um, it, I mean, I was talking Scotland, which is definitely the most east in terms of. Um, I'm gonna go with definitely nowhere near the most east if you include the whole of the United Kingdom. No, it can't be because East Anglia must be. I just wonder Ipswich. I wonder if Norwich. I think Norwich. No, you open a map, it sticks out miles. You, you wouldn't even even. No, um, I mean, I've, I've opened it now. I've opened it now. It's clearly not. Yeah, even um, like when you get down to Scarborough and Tull yeah, and okay, stuff. That's, that's fine. So is Norwich the most easterly football club in the United Kingdom? So if Peterhead's the most easterly in Scotland, um, <laughs> league club. What's the most northerly? League club is it Ross County? That's see, that's quite a funny one because you would Elgin's think Elgin's further north. But Elgin is yeah, that Elgin is further north because it yeah. kind of goes up and then you go that's, down again to Inverness. That, that honestly, I would lose all my money on that. If someone said to me, "Who's who's higher up, Dingwall or Elgin?" Dingwall um, is above Inverness, but Elgin. Because I didn't. I was speaking to a few of the boys um, when we used to cover the games at Pitodry, like Scott Davy, Andrew Shiny, Dave McDermott, and all these guys from Red TV, and they were like, "Oh yeah, because was there not a season that Inverness pl- did Inverness play their home games at Pitodry, or did Aberdeen play a couple yeah. games at Inverness?" No, when they first came up, uh, uh, they had Juanjo playing for them. Oh, that's right. So they did, and you're like Inverness to Aberdeen for for those of a kind of. Um, of a geographical ignorance, you're like that's not too far, is it? It takes them longer. It takes them about the same time. Two to and a half hours from Aberdeen, yeah, as it yeah. does to go from Edinburgh to. It's not the best road. No, it's the A96. It's the A96. It's uh, it's terrible. It, you know, is I it? know you have to take the A9 um, when you go from Edinburgh, but A96 is really bad, really slow. Um, but anyway, we, we don't want to get too bogged down in in that. The the other thing I was going to mention is, and I don't know if this is still accurate, but traditionally it was known as being the the most the the furthest distance for a, any senior football ground, league football ground in Great Britain, and its nearest railway station. I know we're going down another boring tangent oh, here, um, but so I don't know if that's radio, still. There's not, there's not a radio station. There's not a railway station in Peterhead. No, you have Aberdeen. Is the nearest station, really? which is, is like where, over, is that it's the like thirty, ends? it's like thirty miles away. Going in that direction, yeah, it then goes um, towards towards Inverness. Wait a minute here. Oh no, because Fraserburgh railway station was it isn't anymore. So ah. there you go. I, I don't know if the whole it'll definitely still be the same for Scotland, but whether I've I've not sat and looked in case there's someone else who's come up the leagues in England who's miles away but it could still be true because there's a lot more stations down south but anyway there you go yeah it's like 30 miles from Aberdeen um what we're we talking about a football game yeah you, you were there the last time weren't you when we lost yes yeah 25th of July 2017 Ian Cathro like etched on your mind uh, first full season in charge oh, opening up. game the of the new, campaign the assistant to the was he the assistant to the head coach at Tottenham Hotspur now Ian Cathro yes I mean look by by all accounts, um, he is a, a very talented coach. I just don't think he has the yeah, personality to ever That's fair. to be a manager, which is fine. Yeah. 
that's yeah, that's fine. Well, I mean, it's it's fine now. Well. It wasn't it wasn't fine in July 2017 when we got beat two one by League Two Peterhead. Um, Jack Hamilton, Michael Smith, Rafa Jelak, Christian Novak, Jordan McGee, Christoph Berra, Jamie Walker, Prince Boabin, Kyle Lafferty, Don Cowie, and Isma. With, um, it got it got better that lineup, but it started off horribly. Some of well, those Ma- names. Oh, Michael Smith is still around. Um, no, Michael's fine. He was a he was one of the odd men out. But Jelak and Jack Hamilton. Oof. Mm. It is actually. Um, I looked at the Peterhead team, so uh, they were League Two side then. They are obviously League One. They have Rory McAllister playing for them before he left. Oh, he did. He was top scorer. He scored the winner yeah, in that year. game, and he was top scorer no for a could, few no years. No one could afford him, like in the championship or whatever, because he earned so much money away from football. Yeah, doing yeah. his day job that he's like, I'm happy playing part time. This is just my hobby. He's very good at his hobby. Yeah, I saw there's a few players still around. Jason Brown, who scored the opener in that game, he's still there. Cy Ferry, of course, oh, still of course. at Peterhead. Jeez, yeah. uh, Scott Brown, the captain, not the same one. Uh, Jordan Brown and former Hearts youngster Russell McLean. So please put your head. Yeah, yeah, six five, big, giant, gangly striker. I don't know if he's if he gets a game or he's the regular first first choice striker of last season, but he is at the club still. Jim so, McAnally's still manager, isn't he? He is, yeah. So Peterhead finished seventh last season, and it's a team that we'll have to obviously take seriously, especially given what happened last time we went there, and. I think it'd be interesting in terms of our lineup because we were chatting about this off air and on WhatsApp, and I've been speaking to a few people about this. So, what what are we going to expect from Hearts in this game and the the Betfred Cup games? Because of course we play Celtic at the end of the month. That's going to be the the big one. Um, in terms of formation, this is where it gets difficult because I've not the only Hearts game I've been to preseason was entirely kids, um, but I've heard that we've played both four and three at the back in terms of some of our games. What what we appear to be leaning to from people I've spoken to is a back three, which I think is Robbie Nielsen's plan as things stand for the Celtic game, which I, I was trying to think of what our best team is right now. I, I've been, uh, you've probably been told this well, I've heard there'll be, should be a couple of signings by Celtic, two on the cards potentially by that point. <laughs> a, a, a couple of signings, before Celtic or by Celtic? Before Celtic, yeah. <laughs> so why Both, are you talking yeah. about Celtic signings? I don't care. Um, but I was thinking just now, so if we think about our team just now, if we, if we play a, a back three, um, it's very tricky to get everyone in if we play a back three, I think, uh, a lot of the big players. So, I mean, the team I noted down here based on what I've heard pre-season, um, what some people have been talking about, and what we might play system-wise. I don't think we'll play all these players on Saturday, but at the moment, pick your team with who we've got. I was thinking Gordon and Goals, Halkett, Suter, Kingsley, back three, mm-hmm. Smith right, Cochrane left, McInef and Haring in the middle, mm-hmm. with Ginelli and Gary Mackay, Stephen flanking Boyce. But there are some don't mind that. big absentees from that in terms of, you know, would Halliday be in the middle alongside Mac and F? And then up front, you really can't not play Boyce. I oh, don't no, think you... Boyce is the first name on the team sheet. Yeah, pretty much after Gordon, maybe. But um, yeah, outfielder. Yeah, sorry. Um, apology accepted. Uh, <laughs> but then Nong Dewey, I think, has a big part to play this season as well. So I, I'd be interested to see what we. Uh, you would think, Mark, wouldn't you, that we would be at least 
playing the system that we're looking towards for the league games in these matches. Yeah, but... He wants two systems, I know. Yeah, just thinking, without quoting him verbatim, because I can't remember when he said the quotes, did he not come out, Robbie Nielsen, and and say there would be part of a kind of experimental approach to to the League Cup ties while while wanting to win, of course. I'm I'm sure I read something about him. Yeah, I I just mean that at least part of this week he'd be wanting to try out the system that he's... You'd think so. I mean, I'm pretty sure... I'm not saying he's going to play the exact system and the exact team in all the games, but... I think I think if you're playing three at the back, and that's what I think Hearts will play. I think Hearts will go a back three for the Celtic game. Um, if you play three at the back, you you, you kind of have an option. You can go three five two. You can go three four three. I, I think with the players that we've got, with Gary Mackay, Stephen, and Josh Dinelli, if you're playing them both, I think you've got to go three four three. So yeah, that yeah. team, yeah, that team that you read out. I mean, I, again, it might have one or two tweaks in the middle of the park. Uh, if it's going to be Halliday or Haring or, or whoever it's going to be, I don't think we're that far off. Um, what Robbie right now would see as his his kind of first choice. I know he's after a left centre back. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't have him in yet. Who would that be? What would that we mean? Need some, we need someone on the right as well because yeah, really no, no. options. Apart I mean, that's Smith, what, obviously. I think I think it's a, it's great that John Suter will have had a pre-season without having to kind of come into a team on the back of being hurt or whatever. I think it's a big season for Craig Halkett. I'm not one. I haven't seen him enough. I just saw him on TV. I just I hope his conditioning is is what it was when we brought him to the football club because he can be an asset. I thought he was okay last season, but I'm not. I wasn't overly convinced uh, in certain games. I think if he can get, yeah, I was thinking about Linus and his comfort blanket. And and maybe maybe John Souter is is the comfort blanket for for Craig Halkett, and you just sometimes have someone you're more comfortable playing alongside, and it just things become second nature. You just do stuff without thinking. You're good at what you do, and you don't worry about stuff as as much. Maybe that's John Souter alongside Craig Halkett. So hopefully that's the case because if we if we get a good season at John Souter, especially because. I mean, he's he's one. If he can stay injury free, that would be the biggest hope for the new season. Above all else, would be that John Souter doesn't have any more serious injuries because he doesn't deserve uh, that bad luck. If we can get him through, he's not going to be a Hearts player forever. I don't want him to be a Hearts player forever because I want him to get a, a move um, to a really good club that we could get a really good transfer fee in for. But this is a big season for him. But it's also a big season for for Craig Halkett. Um, and if he can have a good season as well, then I think that's a that, that's good foundations for the season ahead. There was talk about well, how many we're going to sign. We're going to sign? Do we need seven or eight or or whatever? And he's got three in so far, of, of which one is probably a starter. Because who was it? There was the, the goalie. There was the the left back. Who was the third one? Ginelli, I suppose, counts, doesn't he? Is that the third? Um, I think this season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in terms of actual new signings. And the keeper. Yeah, so so two of them are starters. So as much as I want John Souter to stay fit throughout the season, I also want that for Josh Ginelli. Because if we can get him, we know what he's capable of when he plays well. But there's still a big question mark over if he's made a glass. His fragility. Um, if he gets a knock, is that going to keep him out? Can he be more robust? 
lost questions. On paper, things always look better on paper with Hearts, but as we well know, they certainly weren't when we went down, when we finished bottom, demoted, whatever you want to call it. On paper, we should never have been in that position. It's about hunger of the players. It's about the manager getting the most out of his players. It's about the players performing well this season. It's about a, a collective effort. It's about being better than we've been. And then we'll see where we are. But there's a, there's a lot of work to do and a lot of questions to, to be answered over the next few months. And I'm, I'm looking forward to them being answered. They might not all have the answers we want, but I think they'll, they'll, the answers will give us plenty more opportunities to see what's right and, and what's wrong and, and what we need and how many more players potentially we need to, to, to get in. Do we, do we have a strong enough squad? Do we have a strong enough squad in certain areas? You mentioned the right-hand side. I mean, what happens if Smith goes down or moves back into the centre of defence to cover an injury? Who, who, who do we play there? Yeah, they've been playing kind of they've been playing makeshift players in the the right corner. Smith was covering there, um, in the in a recent game. So definitely need someone in there. It, it would be good to see a couple of um, youngsters get a, a game. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> people were saying the the Hearts have inadvertently leaked the new squad numbers because you can if you're buying a shirt you can now pick. Um, oh, okay. Any little number. tidbits? I was just interested that um, so Harry Stone was number thirty-three, um, and Connor Smith and um, Scott McGill both had squad numbers and under thirty. They actually had squad numbers. I don't think there were any other. There weren't any other youngsters apart from Stone, McGill, and Smith who were listed. As the options, but I thought that was quite interesting because you know we saw McGill get some opportunities, and I think he looked like a pretty capable midfielder in the little time we saw of him. But Connor Smith is one that's been spoken about quite a lot, and I thought he looked really good technically, albeit in like three or four matches I saw him in. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that could be quite interesting to see if if Connor Smith can can kick on and, and maybe get a, a little appearance in the Betfred Cup matches. Yeah, I, I think this is a big season for the youngsters at the football club. And I also think it's a big season for Robbie Nielsen to see if you're, you're incentivising them, saying if you do well in, in whatever games you're playing, you'll get a chance in the first team. Because you can't have them stagnating. And you'll send some out on loan, I get that. But what we want, we want the whole he's one of our own chant um, to, to, to kind of go around Tynecastle based on whoever it is, whether it's um, Connor, whether it's Finlay or, or whoever. We want them... To, to be a part of the first-team squad, not just a token part of the first-team squad. How long was it last season before we had someone under the age of 20 um, play for the oh, football club? Oh, it was, it was almost the end like of March the season. April. Yeah, it yeah. was. So, but no point in just putting them in um, for the sake of it. They've got to be good enough. So were they not good enough last season? Whose fault was that? Is it, a, is it a case of blame? Uh, we have talented youngsters by all accounts, so this is a big season for them and, and for the management team to see if if they're good enough. Then they should, if they're saving us money from going out and having to spend money on a, a certain player in a certain position, do we look deep enough? Do we look at our, at our youngsters enough? Robbie and, and Gordon and Lee will know pretty much everybody there. I think over the next twelve months we'll we'll get to know how many of them in the youth and reserves they rate and how many they don't. Yeah, it was interesting 
hearing um, Ryan McGowan uh, chat about it, we were talking about some of the kids because he was at the uh, Hearts game last night at the time of recording against Bonnie Rig. And obviously I'd forgotten, we started chatting about it, we'd forgotten that he actually played with a few of these um, younger players when he was Is training Johnny with Hearts. Is Johnny Stewart still Bonnie boss? Because him and Ryan are tight. Uh I'm not sure, but I, I know he's got I know he's got links there. So um, so I I, I guess he was because I know they were good pals when they were coming through at Hearts. But um, it was interesting. He talked about um, Aidan Denham as well. Okay. He mentioned he was someone who he thought was um looked a really talented player. Uh, from the the time training, and I know <laughs> from those like for those like myself who play football manager, he's um an exceptional prospect on. On that, and we also spoke about Callum Flatman, who got a appearance against Bonnie Rigg as well, and he kind of likened him to Ryan Porteous, which a few Hearts fans back. got. Yeah, yeah. So he's a decent height of centre back. So he picked out a couple of couple of players, but Denham was the one that he said he was kind of surprised that some other youngsters had got in already before him. And I know Aidan Denham was on the bench against East Fife last season. So that could be one to watch. He's like an inside forward, I think, can kind of cut in from the the wide areas or play like an attacking midfield role as well. So, um, yeah, just interesting for someone who had actually played alongside or trained at least alongside some of them. Um, Plus, yeah. a, a player that knows the position well. And uh, <laughs> I think, what? Ryan does, you know. It, oh, I was talking about Aiden Denham. Yeah, but Flatman, yeah. No, I know. No, I know. I'm, I'm just saying... Um, especially for defenders, if, if Ryan can identify players that play in the position that he plays in and plays um, well in, then that's that's optimistic. I, there's just something about a youngster coming through the ranks into the first team, doing well. That just that's what football's all about. It's, it's your, your dream of signing professional terms, and so I, I, I watched. A piece, a very good piece that the Hearts um, media department put on the website recently about the five youngsters who'd all signed uh, professional contracts um, for for the football club, and the look on their face and the interviews afterwards, the parents beaming smiles. That's what it's all about. But it's also now when the hard work really starts, because you've done well to get to where you are. But how many players, you can ask Ryan, you can ask anybody at any football club, 15, 16, 17, performing well, doing well is one thing. How many of those actually make it? It's not just about ability, it's a whole package. And things are changing behind the scenes at Hearts. New additions um, in the youth academy uh, coming in. I saw another one yesterday. So... Hopefully they're doing they're doing the right thing, and if if we can get these young kids, these talented young kids, and, and keep them on the right path, it could save us a lot of money going forward, and, and ultimately could make us a lot of money, and that's what we're all about. Indeed, Ryan said that um, Flatman uh, can pick a pass, uh, similar build to Porteous, comfortable with the ball at his feet, but he mentioned that physically he's he's quite developed, so he needs to he kind of needs to go out on loan or play some more senior football because he's already I guess too comfortable in that sense in the kind of youth games he suggested so it'll be interesting to see if Callum Flatman maybe does get a loan to a, to a League One club or something like that to, 
to yeah, assist I, I his think, development. Yeah, I think any any young player, if they're still a couple of years away from potentially challenging for the first team, I think it's a no-brainer putting them out on loan. Uh, obviously, at a different level completely, but look what Chelsea have done with Billy Gilmore and look at some of the, the, the loan signings that have been made down south. Uh, it's, it's, it's picking um, and choosing where you want your player to go. And I like what they're doing with Harry Stone at Hearts in that they, they started him off kind of non-league. I think he had a spell at Spartans and he had that spell with Albion Rovers. And Robbie Nielsen said the plan is next season to, to potentially put him out on loan to a championship club. So he's experiencing different levels. He's experiencing different physicality of, of strikers or, or players in opposition. So I like that. And I don't know what how big our squad everybody in total is going to be next season, but there's going to be opportunities for for youngsters to to, to go out on loan. And I just I enjoy seeing the development of of players. I mean, some players stagnate. Harry Cochran did well when he first came into the Hearts side, but then he ended up going out on loan to Dunfermline. Didn't really do too much there. And did he end up at Montrose, uh, following in the footsteps of Laurie Dunsire? <laughs> yes, he was on loan at Montrose. Didn't work from there either, did it? So you can get too much too soon, but it's you need help because these young kids have never. You go from zero to hero, and suddenly say, "What the hell? How do I deal with this? How do I cope?" You've got to have a a good support network around you, and I'm sure Harry did, uh, Harry Cochran, but for whatever reason, the the standard of his 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 game, he was unable to. To keep up that level, and I don't, even, I don't even know where he ended up. Do we know? Has he, has he gone? Has he moved? I know he's been released, but does he have a club? I don't think he's signed for anyone yet. Well, again, wherever he ends up, will tell us a lot about him. And you know what? It might, it might be the case that it's, it, it's like a, a, a graph with peaks and troughs. Mm-hmm. He may have reached his peak, um, or he may now be going back down a couple of rungs to go even higher than than he used to be when when he was at heart. Possibly, but a lot of that is desire. A lot of that is hunger. A lot of that is, is in the individual themselves. And I'm talking about support network and structure, which is important for these young players. But the bottom line is, there's only one person that can do it, regardless of how much support or anything they get. You've got to have that hunger, that will, that eagerness to want to do it. And you mentioned something earlier about certain players and and. I think you were spot on. You need a bit of good fortune as well. You need a bit of luck. You need to be in the right place at the right time. Even as a manager, look at look at Gareth Southgate. I, I was listening to a piece before the England against Denmark semi-final on ITV with Gabriel Clark, and he was interviewing Gareth Southgate. And he says, what's more important, um, kind of ability or hunger? And he, he said, well, hunger's important, but without ability, it doesn't matter how much hunger you've got, you need ability to get you somewhere and then hope that the hunger and other things that go with it can open doors for you. There's a whole host of things that need to, to happen to, to to be put in place. I mean, am I right in saying I think Marcus Rashford only got his start? I mean, I'm sure he would have gone on to play for United, but was it not an injury in a warm-up that he wasn't... He was kind of in the longer squad, the bigger squad, but he got called in and ended up playing that day. He had a really good game, and, and look at him now. You just need a little bit of good luck and mm-hmm. a bit of good fortune, and hopefully all the, the Hearts players um, 
get their own bit of good luck uh, and, and can end up in the, the first team for the, the, the kids that we're talking about. We're almost out of time, but um, before we go, I thought it would be good to just mention, because I don't think we'll have a podcast out before the Cove Rangers game, and there will be 2,000 fans in the ground, as we mentioned. Um, still a bit low in comparison to maybe percentages that we've seen in other grounds for other sporting events, but we won't go into that just now. But uh, first time we'll have fans back at Tynecastle since the 7th of March 2020. And it is great to see on Twitter this evening, the time of recording, so many fans getting the news that they've been successful in their ballot um, and they're going to the ground. So much excitement. And I think it will be terrific just to see people in the ground. And I think it'll be quite emotional for a lot of people as well. Just to even, even though it'll be 2000, I think even Hamden for the Scotland games, I'll be, you know, there's what was less than 10,000 for one of the games. Um, the atmosphere was terrific. And I hope we get something like that for the, the Cove game. Just having sporting events with supporters, with fans, is, is a semblance of normality. Fortunate enough to be down at Kiowa Island working on the PGA Championship. And the crowd, albeit limited, was still back and following Phil Mickelson. And it's not the same. I did the US Open last year, the tennis down at Flushing Men. It was the eeriest thing mm. that I've ever experienced. Being in this huge, big, vast outdoor or now indoor bowl with the, with the roof where 24,000 people are normally yelling, drunk, eating hot dogs, having fun, enjoying themselves. And then suddenly you're hearing every single movement, never mind the thwack of the tennis ball. And that's going to be the same for you. Being at all these hearts games and football games without any supporters, hearing every yell from the technical areas, them hearing you, uh, depending on which stadium or ground that you were in, it was it's just it, it was a means to an end. It mm-hmm. satisfied the needs of sponsorship deals, television contracts and whatever. I don't want it ever again. And this is the start of, of where we used to be again. It'll never be a hundred percent like it was, but this is this is hope. This is okay, I might not get success in the ballot for Cove, but I might get success for the next one and then after that then Hopefully we're back to a full house at Side Tynecastle, inside Tynecastle, sorry. And it's it's the hope of this is what it used to be like. It's the hope that those England fans who went to Wembley last night, it wasn't a case of this is what it used to be like for them because as Max Rushton said on, on Talk Sport on H&J today, he said, I only ever know what glorious failure was like. I've never known what glorious success is like in, in my team getting to a final. As, as Scotland fans... We don't even know what, what glorious success is to qualify up until the Serbia game um, when we won on penalties. So it's just, it's it's different to hear the noise. When when, when you've got a crowd of 65,000 last night, and it's a full house of 90,000, which they've just announced they'll not be having, it'll still be 65,000 for the final. When you get England fans last night, my brother-in-law's an England fan, and he's been before, and he said that was like nothing he'd ever experienced before. There's 25,000 empty seats, but you've got 65,000 fans making the noise of, I don't know how many, but more than a full house would make. Who's to say when, well, I say when hearts score? Hopefully when, but not if hearts score. 
When Hearts score against Cove Rangers, right, 2,000 Hearts fans, because there'll be no away support, I'd like to think that noise, for the first goal, for the first goal, Hearts fans have not had the opportunity to, to cheer goals inside a stadium in a competitive game since February, March 2020. It's been that long. So I just think the noise will be different. And that's what a lot of the England fans said about last night at Wembley. And those yeah. who've been lucky enough to, to go. My brother-in-law and, and my father-in-law were at uh, Hamden for the Croatia. It was the last, um, no, it was the round of 16 game. In Croatia, did they play the Czech Republic? Well, that was in the group stage. Whoever they played in Ukraine. Um, whoever Ukraine played. Sweet. And he said that, yeah, there you go. I was totally right with Croatia and Czech Republic, wasn't I? <laughs> Jesus. But he said the noise was just different. It was his first time, both of their, their first time back at a football game for forever. Um, and it was just a different type of noise. It was more of an appreciative noise. And I hope we hear something similar when Hearts score against Cove Rangers. Yeah, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. So hopefully... Oh, hey. Hopefully, Johnny um, Mitchell. That's got to be the song to play. I'm sorry. I know. I was trying to think of a. It's a shame I'm not going. If I was going really west, then I could have put go west. But I'm going east, so it's not a good song for that. So yeah. East, um, east you've got a choice of East Seventeen. I was probably I was going for my head. Stay another yeah. day, but then people would be like, "What? Stay another day? What, what's that got to do with anything?" I th- I think with fans back in, and, and normally I I just leave you to your own devices, and you normally come up with the goods for the the song. Sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not. But with the return of football fans, I, I think the, the Johnny Mitchell, Big Yellow Taxi, um, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. I think it's pertinent. Indeed. Well, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch, you can email podcast at scarsaroundthefunnel.co.uk or you can get us on Twitter at Around the Funnel. I will be going east to Peterhead on Saturday and then back to Tynecastle with 2,000 Hearts fans on Tuesday for the Cove Rangers game. We'll be back at some point next week uh, to talk about those games, or maybe the week after, I don't know. We'll work it out. There's, there's things going on next week, but just keep keep tabs on the on the Twitter. and um, The and Twitter? The tw- on, on, I was going to say on the Twitter account. Or keep t- You know, just, you'll find out. You've got podcast apps. Is, you know it, is, it, is it fine? Is it fine, Laurie? Will it be fine? Um, right now it's fine. Hopefully it'll be fine by by Saturday 5 o'clock when we've pumped Peter head anyway thanks for tuning in um, see you next time
eyes, put up a parking lot. I said, don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? They paid paradise, put up a parking lot. They paid paradise, put up a parking lot.